0: everyone and welcome to writers drinking coffee this is a podcast where writers sit around drinking tasty beverages to talk about writing publishing and the whole creative process there will be rants and raves and opinions that may not agree but are lovingly delivered we will not censor ourselves so consider us pg-13 today it is all about me Jeannie warner with an episode 185 interview with mark Roth roth Whitworth. welcome mark thank you hi I'm so glad you have it. Um, For those that wonder, we do have a delay in recording because we are missing people because of a hurricane in Southern California. Their internet is not reliable enough to talk about it. So, at the risk of dating ourselves, here we are.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm. Is is uh, the other person going to be okay?
0: Pretty much. I got a picture of him lying on his bed with cat draped around him. So I presume
1: cats will protect them.
0: He seems to be well. You know, insulated. There's a room that's all glass that may break through. So sorry, Dave, if you die, I want your stuff. That's about it.
1: Okay. Uh, I, it's because I have friends, uh, other friends in Southern California, and you know, I worry. The advantage yeah. of having lived around the country, you have more things
0: and more places to worry about. It's true. And, and you came to us through a delightful path as well. Alma Alexander read your book and said, Jeannie, you, you've got to talk to this guy. This is really good. I think you'll like it. And I do. I want to say I love your 11,000 years. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. Um, it matters. Uh, one of the things that matters is uh, what's the point in writing if you're not
0: communicating? I That is the point. You have to reach somebody. And I find you can even be judged by the the people out there who don't like you that say, oh, I would have given this one stars. I didn't like this. I dramatically didn't like that. And how dare you imply that X is bad? Like, I kind of like it for them. One, don't they realize that all reviews are good? So out there, everybody listening, review your books, whether you liked them or not, just review them. It helps the writers. Yeah. Um, And, And two- I found that I felt exactly the opposite as a one-star review I found of it, which is like, yes, that crystallized like what I actually did like about it. So the year is 2169, right? You have a ship called the Hawking, presumably named after Stephen Hawking. Yes. You have a black hole, which, you know, always fabulous. And then you have a lovely event horizon, which instead of land of the lost sending them down thousand feet below, you go... 11,000 years into the future, right? Yep. I think it's fabulous. I mean, first of all, from the emotional reaction of the various crew members of what it would be to realize that you never go home. Your home is dead. Your home is gone. For all you know, your home blew itself up because they were stupid 20 20 years after you left. But 11,000 years is very profound. And that is the first thing that you addressed. And I like that. Um, one of the yes, there's a really rough
1: scene right after they uh, get, uh, find out where they are, and it's uh, I've seen and read too much where oh wow we've just jumped all these years um oh well we'll go on la di da di da no there's going to be a serious serious reaction I mean these are people
0: and these are matter- yes. And um, you you brought forth the truth that an asshole with anxiety doesn't get better when placed under extreme stress, which, no, I no. mean, we, we can all see in our lives in one place or another, but that was a very rough scene, and I'm not going to describe it now, but I'm going to say for those that have trigger warnings, there is a triggering scene in it. and
1: Very much so. But, but it
0: yeah. is not gratuitous, which is one of the things I appreciated about it, and you don't... Dwell on it and go back to that kind of thing here and there through the book. It's literally a everybody reacts and there's one and this one guy goes in a really bad direction. And it's these things happen. And to deny they happen is to deny our humanity and the fact that we are a multicolored, multifaceted bunch of humans with different feelings and opinions and way of dealing with horror. Because it is horror, right? It very much
1: is horror to uh, like the one of the reasons I chose 11,000 years was, um, back in 14, uh, my ex and I went to, uh, uh, the UK for Worldcon. And while we were there, of course, we went to the British Museum and there are a handful of, a literal handful of potsherds and some other things from the first layer of Jericho which is the oldest city that we know of, at least in the world, 11,000 years ago. And as my character, as the captain says, they wind up as far from our time as
0: we are from the first layer of Jericho. Yeah, I, I liked that. That was, it was a good image because it also reminded me of the meme that I saw that showed the Triceratops is just as far from the um, Tyrannosaurus Rex as the Tyrannosaurus Rex is from your cell phone. And that ought to make all of us who watch Disney as childs be upset about it, but it's still very real. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you have that they discover that, well, there is there is life out there and that humanity survived. And that that's another really, really good moment of the. Oh, thank God we didn't blow ourselves up 20 years after we launched, because some of us wonder sometimes, right?
1: Oh, well, see, if you notice, the ship is from the Turin Confederation. Yes. Um, This is uh, literally the next book. uh, Let me note, by the way, Nothing I'm Writing is the first book of an 18-book trilogy, (laughs)
0: <laughs> are you thinking a duology here? I can see this no, as a duology. every single
1: book is standalone. It does okay. not assume you read any other. Um, but the next book, which is called Becoming Terran, uh, is how we get from here to the Terran Confederation.
0: So what uh, happens those 11,000 years when they were just living life as normal, right? Well, you've, you've seen re- in the book, there are
1: references to what's happened. Yep there are references and you you uh when they when they do wind up on terra with the enhanced he t- mentions a few things that happened but that the Terran confederation that we did far better than we could have imagined with uh, by cre- in
0: creating it um you have a really nice idea in there that it starts up even with the Terran federation in the mesh the little nanobots that let you oh, yeah, no, kind of have your built-in Google glasses, as it were. Uh, it's okay.
1: I have a flip phone. I do not have a smartphone. I hate them. Uh, touch screens hate my fingers. Uh, plus, a few times I've tried to give somebody information on their t- uh, uh, enter, like an email or a phone number. My fingertips are too small large for the virtual keyboard.
0: I, I too have been told by kids that I uh, text like an old person, so I feel you.
1: I consider the virtual keyboard a really dreadful kludge. Yeah, and I don't. I I want something that works, and lo and behold, this will this will work. You have a complete, an actual virtual. Uh, it's it really is augmented reality. Uh, you can share visuals with other people. But it's more like telephone calls or group telephone calls. It is not like the web. Um,
0: and Um you- I saw it first a little bit like Charlie Strauss wrote Halting State, and I liked his cop space. So as you look up, you could see the reality or you could see an overlay that every other cop can see at the same time of, okay, I've already run your identification, your history. I can see what you've done. Only yours was... More three dimensional, deeper into that, and, oh, yeah. I thought, and, and and not not hanging in front of your eyes, just hanging into your consciousness. Oh yeah, and like yes, you th- this is not
1: something that will, you can confuse with the real world. You you will know what's real and
0: what's not. You you'll learn- a, you, you settle it. I mean, right up front in the first couple. One of the things I liked about it was I've been positing and thinking about beginnings. How do novels begin, and do they hook me in right away? And your mesh is what hooked me in right away, that this is future. Not too far future, but definitely future. You know, there's some that are in, some that are out. Some people have refused. They say they don't want to be part of it I, on the on the same crew. But it was, you said it, it was future, and it was a neat little bit of tech right up front. And I loved that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you'll
1: learn a lot more about the the uh, mesh and the mesh sites uh, in Becoming Terran, because that's in the time period where we, we it's developed and uh by the way also one of the three viewpoint characters in becoming Terran is a uh white American woman who is ha- seriously handicapped with a language processing disorder like I feel she, like I know three of her already um I can introduce you to my partner <laughs> yeah uh, but uh and in it, they're using the mesh to help her overcome it. No, no, I like it. Like I said, I think people it's... People worry about genetic engineering. How about the, all the good things you can do with it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I I liked that in this one, I felt that you're bad guys. Like you start off with a guy that he might be a bad guy The in the Society for Humanity. I was almost... I was almost in that opening imagining, but I couldn't remember the name of, there was this weird sci-fi movie, and I want to say it was like 80s sci-fi with sparklers type of thing. And and I'm killing myself that I can't remember the title right now, but it was one of those where you came in and you make a mistake and are you going to get judged? Are you going to become <laughs> hamburger or do you get to serve time in other ways? And
1: Oh um, well, yeah, no, it's really scary at the beginning at, at that part. Um, as I was saying before we started, um, one of the things I really, really hate are cardboard villains. Yeah. And until you get there, until I jump to uh, this, ha- uh, Hamad in the uh, in in the society, you you know these people are nasty, but you don't know why they're nasty or why they put up with it. Yeah, and. Um let me t- actually talking about the novel uh the whole thing started um there's a chapter in there uh in, in the first third co- called uh a sunset with special effects mhm um in 8 the summer of 18 I was talking to a coworker who had published like three books and he, he let me read the first and there were superheroes in it and I wound up I wrote a a well, I don't know if I should call it nonfiction or what, but an article for the WISFA, the Washington Science Fiction Association Journal, and of what's wrong with superheroes and supervillains. <laughs> I mean, you know, like Batman and 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 uh, uh, Bruce Wayne and and uh, Lex Luthor are both billionaires. Lex Luthor has teams of people working for him. Batman, Su- Sherlock Holmes had the Baker Street Irregulars. Batman is all alone doing everything. Why? Some of us
0: think that Batman should have just bought a couple senators and made this a lot easier. I mean, yeah, well, the, the other
1: thing is a real superpowered uh, person would not, as Tom Smith sings, go out bashing baddies in his BVDs. Right. Um,
0: so I love in, that song, by the way.
1: Yes. So in that, uh, in, in, uh, uh, spe- uh, a sunset with special effects you get to see what a genuinely super powered person would do none <laughs> of it ne- ne- none of it makes a green fist to bash somebody it just just dis- you take care of things yeah once while i re- i sent that out while it was bouncing i re- thought about it the more i thought about it, it was like i think i have an interesting universe here and it's obviously far future i
0: want to know more about it That was uh, So that was the moment that I kind of fell in love with the whole thing. I liked the opening. I liked the bit. But when you went there and said, this is like a whole branch of what happened over the 11,000 years. It meant the fact that they were all galactic, they're all across, and there's different planets. And you showed me that it's not all the same. And that's what I love most about really good sci-fi and space exploration is, why is this like that? Why did everybody go the same direction? What happens when this group of people go in an entirely different direction? Mm-hmm. And the even the tone of the writing was different. So that's what I liked about it is you gave a very different flavor to each of the branches of that self-directed evolution. Yeah,
1: actually, I wrote the uh, the the uh, about the, the going back uh, going up eleven up time eleven thousand years, and sent that off to amazing stories when Ira Naylor was the editor and uh, a month or so later, I get two emails one morning. One is a standard rejection and the other is, by the way, you should d- expand this and go and talk more about this. And, 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 uh, and actually you should probably consider turning this into a novella. And I like I'm, it. That's encouraging. Wow. I'm sitting there going, and I email him back and went, but, but you, you can't, do publish novellas it's too long a form for you yeah that's true but and by the way you should you really need to be present in this scene not just refer to it which was how that very harsh scene shows up yeah um, and that got me to about twenty-five thousand words and then as i said i hate cardboard villains so i started with hamad and when he got the 30,000 words, I decided this is a novel, and I wrote the last third that tied it all together.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Because I really loved him I thought he was fabulous. And he was very much the, you know, looking at the society that he lived in and benefited and believed in, absolutely. But not in a Disney villain caricature way, more in a, I, I almost want to say in a Miyazaki way. It was just Um, the path that he was on until somebody showed him there is another path.
1: Yes. And And, and the consequences.
0: Exactly. Of not changing different Mm -hmm. directions. Mm -hmm. Also, my mom's name is Judith. So I thought of it as hers, even though it was Judith. Yes. But uh, but
1: names mean a lot to me. Uh, I spend a lot of the first few years of like starting on this, there were days when for hours or days, I'd be so stuck on what does this ship or what does this person's name? Um, and I worked very hard at not just making up blith- his name is Blithering Scope. No, no. Um, yes, I'm stealing from Acadian and, and Chaldean and whatever I could find uh, like ancient names that, and then applying what little I know about, uh, linguistic shift. Right. Which is why those names come out that way.
0: (laughs) There, and and they were. I always get frustrated if they're completely unpronounceable and unmemorable. But but yours are almost pronounceable enough that it's like, okay, I can I can go with that. Rather than Commander Tilg or other something with glottal stops that are probably easier for somebody with a language with glottal stops, but I don't have them. So
1: yes, we there. There are things that could be glottal stops. Uh, you'll see more. You uh, like uh, uh well, like some of the uh, uh m- like most of the members of the council of the society, where they, there's like a, a letter, and a and an apostrophe and an apostrophe, and then the 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 version of the name,
0: right. And it makes me wonder is it the honorary contraction as in the Dragon Riders of Pern, or have you done something you know, different? So I can't wait to get there. You can't tell me, don't spoil it. <laughs> well,
1: it, doesn't, it doesn't mention it, but in a way, it is sort of honorary. Nice,
0: nice. You'll see. You, you'll, right. you'll get the idea when you get there. So, can I ask you a nuts and bolts question here? Sure. You started with a when well, you got to a novella. Are you a paper writer or did you stop and plotted? Are you a Scrivener man? How okay. do you organize your thoughts to get here?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, my daughter and several other people have accused me of being a pantser. Um, okay. I don't really think of myself as one because pantsers sit down as far as I understand, sit down and, and
0: write and see where it goes. Um, Somebody back referred to it as organic gardening because they didn't like the idea of it just being pansing. Okay. So. Well, for me, it's
1: it's <laughs> a little different. For me, it's I'll do whatever, you know, go mow the lawn or, or, or uh, I am not addicted to solitaire. I can
0: quit anytime. Uh huh. I bet you've quit 100 times or more just like that. It's so easy. Yep. 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 But, and then sooner or later, uh, I will be
1: told. Uh, Sit down, open a document, and start typing. Hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not uh, developing it. I'm taking dictation. Fair. Literally, I'm taking dictation. Um, There were a couple of short stories I wrote like 15 years ago that I've had to take apart and read. But of the novels and everything else I've been writing in the last like four or five years, I have not had to take anything apart nice polish but i literally i'm i'm telling you i'm taking dictation
0: (laughs) it's it's beautiful do you do you let your dictation go to a a writer's group or friends that look at it and remind you that you don't have two the those in a sentence because that's
1: all i have some beta readers but my number one beta reader has been struck with a very very extremely serious case of real life oh
0: i'm sorry that's Oh, that can you, be fatal.
1: Oh, it is. It, I don't know if you noticed, but in the uh, acknowledgements in the beginning, uh, I mentioned that this book would have easily been thousands of characters longer, but he forced me to take out all those damn
0: commas. Oh, well, yeah. I have a comma problem myself, so I will not cast any stones. My my problem is I, uh, I've looked
1: up a few years back. I looked up... Uh, johnson's dictionary of english you know the first one of english from the 17 mid 1700s and he was referring to commas not as uh as clauses but also as pauses as though you're speaking this
0: breath marks yeah so if you're taking dictation no wonder you've got all the breath marks in there
1: those commas in there to show you someone pausing in their
0: speech well as long as it isn't William Shatner, pausing oh, no, every line. Um, um, <laughs> um, my, I'm
1: sorry, I have to tell you this. My late wife, uh, she was the one who was really going to be the writer. But anyway, um, the last full-time job she had, the off- an office mate, beginning of the de- 1st of December, started putting on Christmas music. And, okay. And as a response, she, she her response to this was... Um, she, had, she came up with a party game, uh, you know, like charades where you put, write something and then you put it in a hat and you draw it and you have to try and do it. Well, in this case, you write uh, Christmas songs and you draw it and then you have to perform them in the manner of William Shatner, as in, play, they told
0: me, upon my drum, pum 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 Or, I don't know, can I get Christopher Walken in there? Because I think I can do a good <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> uh i love it so are you finished writing becoming terran or oh are you oh no
1: becoming terran okay the publishing history is a little difficult
0: here um publishing is challenging everywhere right now so yes okay
1: i'm making a point i'm not self-publishing uh, this is uh,
0: ring of fire press still correct uh
1: no 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 okay ring of fire press was uh what was uh Uh, eric flint's baby right and uh about three weeks or so after he died his widow had to shut it down oh Um, i see news for me oh yeah no this was it's not that she wasn't being nasty she's in a bankruptcy at this point yeah so it's like it, it wasn't a matter of choice but uh what so at that point it was out of print yeah Um, I had gotten contacted by Bain telling me that uh, uh, Tony Weisskopf was considering rehoming at least some of us. And I was put in touch with her and uh, gave her the blurb. She said, sounded interesting. I sent her the manuscript. Plus, I actually got a review in Asimov's by sheer unadulterated chance, uh, (laughs) like May, June of last year. You know, like two months before it was shut, the Ring of Fire Press was shut down, and uh, it. I've, I, I I I, not to not to be mean, to, annoyed. I don't want to annoy anybody, but it was a long time, and finally I gave up. You know, I'm not twenty something, and so I needed to be back in print. Um, so yes, I cheated. My uh, the uh, Walt Boyes, who was the editor of Ring of Fire Press, had moved to uh untreed reads which has been in business publishing for like 15 years or more but they've never done science fiction and fantasy so he and his wife are starting a have started a new line of books for them of science fiction and fantasy which is called novus mundi um and so i i finally gave up the uh, waiting for bane the begin, uh, beginning of april and said okay he'd been after me to to sign up with them and so uh, we he uh I said, let's do it since i would obviously been I've been looking for an agent from last year, from January to through or uh, through August when the when Ring of Fire Press got shut down for the next novel, uh Becoming Terran. Right. Um. You know, obviously I wasn't going to do anything if Bain was going to p- pick up the uh the, the one novel, obvious. Uh, I'm going to offer them that. Well, you know, since that since that didn't happen uh, while we were talking about discussing the contract, I said, "By the way, would you like to see my next novel?" <laughs> um, an hour later, I get email back reading, "Don't you dare offer it to anyone else." That's beautiful. Walt Oops. believes in my writing. Um, <laughs> I can tell you this about, uh, here's something else about uh, Becoming Terran. Uh, Its whole format is a a good bit different than uh, 11,000 years. Uh, Do you remember Brunner's Stand on Zanzibar? Yes. Okay. And the style he used in that, of course, was the one that was created by Dos Passos for his USA trilogy a century ago. Right. I'm using that in becoming terran okay i can see it I've i seen see it. people re- call, call refer to that as a pastiche it's not um the clip the it, um those passos and brunner both had like a short, occasional short chapters of clippings and stuff news news reports i have occasional chapters of news feeds and for science fiction this works beautifully. I completely avoid, as you know, <laughs> as you know, Bob, and info dumps. What you see in those little bitty chapters of news feeds is what is happening in the world around my
0: characters and what are they responding to? I, I cheated and used that a little bit on something I've been working at now of like just, hey, advertisements from a local paper of the time, just to set the reader's mind of where they are and where you're going.
1: Yes, yeah, it works works. beautifully. Like I said, you don't have to have an info dump. You don't have to have, as you know, Bob, it's like,
0: here's what's going on. Yeah. I don't have to say, as you know, Hurricane Hillary passed through Southern California at this time. And, well, wasn't that? Because who who talks like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They Um, don't. It's beautiful. The the other thing is that in becoming Terran, Somebody on uh, there was a link in file 770 a few months ago where somebody was saying, you know all these you know there there's a future uh, world society or you know and like you never it's always like some hero does everything or or something like that and right. you, and the 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 uh, the, the, link in the column the, the person whose column it was said you know, what about what what about real politics in the real world well, Um, yes, that's what I'm dealing with. I'm trying to deal realistically
0: with. um. I wanted to, in fantasy, that was why I liked the Witcher books better than anything they wrote for TV or anywhere else, because in the Witcher books, it was taking fairy tales that I grew up loving and saying... If those were a real small town, of all of the fairy tales in the book, the Pied Piper of Hamelin is the most politically obvious. Yeah, a guy does a great service for the town, then doesn't get paid. So I I love it when people actually use, because humans are complex, and we're going to be complex 11,000 years in the future, and in between now and them, and since the falls of the walls of Jericho went down, we're complicated. There's people that are following the money there's people that are following an idea as long as it doesn't compromise their money there's people following their money as long as it doesn't compromise their ideas and then there's people just trying to get along and um, okay. and I love that for your books and being able to you've got all of those people in it uh
1: there's even more people in it uh in uh, becoming terror uh, there's a lot of uh, people that that are uh ordinary people type and how they how they respond to all of what's going on um and uh okay obligatory disclaimer i'm a socialist
0: flat out okay. uh, obligatory disclaimer out. i read yes. your book so i figured out. that out right <laughs>
1: um,
0: well uh, there's a, let, there's let a lot of democratic socialism that goes around in in yes
1: let me assure you that in becoming terran the uh the trillionaires are not the good guys.
0: Well, I think Douglas Adams had the right idea that we should put them into one of those great big ships. And I think it was uh, Nona the Ninth also said, hey, what happens if we just put all of the billionaires in a small ship and send them down into the ocean? I meant Mars. I meant, oh.
1: Hey, they can, they, can, they can have their cage fight down there. I It's my dream. <laughs> well... I I really think you're going to like Becoming Taryn.
0: I can't wait to read it. Well, I I owe you the last couple chapters, so I'll send you a note when I've read it and let you know my final. But for everybody out there listening, 11,000 Years is a really, really good book, and I think you will enjoy it if you wanted a fun, future, hard science fiction with a little bit of politics, a little bit of humanity, a how we all adapt. I thought it was really good, and I liked it.
1: I, I, let me tell you, I spent a lot of time thinking about what's going, what was possible to happen, what was reasonable. It's yeah. not, it, it's, it's a very, you know, I'm bending my mo- uh, 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 mind about, trying to wrap my mind about what could, could be. Um,
0: well, the met- math is, the math is reasonable. I I had a brief set you know sitting I love physics so of the okay, they have an eleven thousand year old ship. what advantages would it have against it? Well, it would be built against different assumptions so I enjoyed the different connections you had in there so even geeks I think will get something out of it if they just want to geek out on the math and the science and well why would something that old be able to defeat something that new like well, I consider it that if I have a musket right now, I can fire three feet into water and hit you swimming down there. Whereas if I have a high-powered ballistic rifle, as we know from Mythbusters, 10 inches down into the water and it shatters due to surface tension.
1: Right. So
0: sometimes your old tech has some advantages that should not be discounted in the world.
1: Right. And, and especially if you use it in ways that, that they're not
0: expecting. Exactly. So, like I said, I, I geeked out on that a little bit, and I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, um, by the way, I don't. I, I I gather that
1: some of my readers were a little confused in the scene where, in the chapter where you jump back. Have you read the chapter where they jump back two thousand years about the revelation? Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, that. I worked really, really hard on my alien, on my the ancient aliens, and a lot of a lot of them is is a lot of it is. We've guys, we've seen this before. We're not interested in talking to you. You know, come back when uh, come back when you uh, when you uh, you have something to say that's worth interesting.
0: Yeah. No, I I dug it. Like I said, and I'll tell you, you. Run everyone into- it was complicated. That even the aliens are not frozen in time forever, and that's because time passes for everyone.
1: And when when you get to when you run it later on, when you run into the aliens again, it, it's like my better reader who knew what was going to happen told me it, it gave
0: him shivers. <laughs> <laughs> I still dig it. Um, well. We will put links to the fascinating things we've discussed during this episode on our website, which is www.ridersdrinkingtoffee.com. Mark, thank you so much uh, for both sharing this book with, with me and my team and letting us talk to the world about it. 11,000 Years, Novus Mundi. This is so cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time with us today. And um, can you tell us when we can expect uh, Becoming Terran out? Um, hopefully later this
1: year, I haven't been given a date. Okay. Um, you know, the, uh, 11,000 years just got, uh, published uh, literally about a month ago. Um, and, uh, so I know, I know they're, they're, I've been asked for, uh, um, for some thoughts on a cover. Uh, I, and I know that my editor is working real hard at, dealing with uh Psy, the uh, uh linguistic issues. Um uh prim- that one is primarily due to uh the character that I mentioned who has a language processing disorder,
0: right.
1: which makes it real interesting to try and like keep the spelling the same when it's really you know that's not how the, she speaks.
0: All right, well, don't use Grammarly. We all learned that. Do oh. not use Grammarly. <laughs> oh. well, at oh. any rate, I should probably wind this down and tell everybody that they have been listening to Riders Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts. Our main web magic is cast by Deirdre Schween, and our sound engineer and backup web spiders are David Welsh and John Schmidt. Our intro and exit music are performed by Michael Engberg, whom you can hear from, manyhatsmusic.com. Our podcast sponsors are Jackal Designs, The Beanstream, Street, and wherever you really enjoy having a cup of something, especially if you get to write where you're doing it. And hey, thanks for listening.